all those that are here and the many that are joining us virtually. We have a distinct covid to teach with us the next segment of Hilchis Tarsa Mishpacha, uh, the review. We have Repesach Shmerling, Ashton Sashliach of the Rabbi in Farakway. Shliach, that first Colin Yanov is Hafat Samayanis in that area, spreading Chsidis. And uh, as a Batimacher, he, he takes the, the special schus of establishing many, many Heiser from Chsidish Heiser and laying down the foundations. And now we're giving people a second chance, a second lease on life. Dinei Achakis, without further ado, Repesach Shmerling. Good evening, welcome. Uh, I understand that uh, the shir, because it's also available online, and it's also going to be recorded, so it's not going to be only Le'ezras Anoshim, but also to Ezras Noshim. But on the sign it says that it's for men. So I'm going to be addressing Be'ikr, the men. I, I don't mind if some women listen in. Uh, I actually got already a, a gruz in advance from somebody who thanked me for the shir in advance from the Ezras Noshim. Uh, maybe she thanked me for the, that her husband has an opportunity to chaza the dinim. But uh, the main uh, target audience is uh, obviously the younger light, the men. And as we're coming close to Matan Yisrael, to the men, you got to be a bit stricter in the way you talk. But um, it's going to be even clearly. Some of the inyanim are obviously going to be a bit geared more to the Anoshim Take. The dinim of Hachokis are very fundamental part of Tarsa Mishpoche. Stay a word that a lot of times the Rebbe pointed out people wrote to the Rebbe, uh, had problems, uh, different uh, fertility issues. So many times the Rebbe responded with Tarsa uh, Mishpoche. Sometimes the Rebbe wrote to find out if the person keeps Taz HaMishpoche. Sometimes the Rebbe just wrote Taz HaMishpoche. And sometimes the Rebbe wrote Diuk B'Taz HaMishpoche. says if there was a couple that is a from couple and the Pashtas, they keep Taz HaMishpoche. So then the understanding is that they keep Taz HaMishpoche, but still Diuk B'Taz HaMishpoche. Sometimes people are not so medaic, they're not so careful. The Rebbe also wrote that uh, people forget. So it's uh, important to review. But the Diuk Betas HaMishpoche, and obviously Diuk Betas HaMishpoche, when the Rebbe answered to someone, could mean any part of Tas HaMishpoche. Maybe the woman wasn't so careful uh, with Chatzitz for Tvile, or who knows what. And of course there are mistakes that some people make in Shivanekim. But a lot of times it actually did refer to the dinim of HaChokes. I, I know of a few stories that I heard from people that Pashat, over time, sometimes, unfortunately, people become lax with the dinim of HaChokes because they feel, eh, we're not little kids, we don't, you know, every little detail of the HaChokes are so relevant. Eh, we're not going to be over. But 
it's not up to us. Some of the achakis maybe we identify with more. We realize how they can be causing us some trouble if we would be over. And some of them we feel, ah, that's already uh, that something will develop from that. It doesn't matter. We are from a Yidin, and what Chazal were attacking, uh, some things are from the Geinim, the Rishonim, but obligates every from Yid to behave and we have to keep it. And that's the Diuk that the Rebbe was many times, it referred to the Archokis, that you got to be medayik, and if the Hakash helps, and a wife gets pregnant, nine months, if there's no complications, she's tohira, People forget the Archokis. So the end of the eighth month, the beginning of the ninth month, would be the proper time. Pull out the safer, whichever safer you want to use, uh, from the Sfarim HaMekubalim, and review the Archokis together so that when it becomes relevant, when she gives birth, you shouldn't forget the dinim. Halder Chatzachus, we know that the Archokis between husband and wife, are stricter than other arroyes. We know that um, there is an isur, the iraisa, negia shal chiba, kirva shal chiba, le sikrivu ervo, and that refers to chibuk venishuk, hugging, kissing, things that are more mamish, leading lidei tashmish. So that's kirvas gili ervo, and that's an isur de raise. Other arroyes and also benish leishtei, but the alchok is the rabbonon, not passing things to each other, things like that. That's only between husband and wife. Uh, an anxious ish, another woman, you're allowed to pass her something, a bag of groceries or whatever it is. There's no problem, because you have an isuyichud with them. Husband and wife, there's no isayichud, so instead we have the alchokis. But the alchokis have to be kept strictly. If somebody is becoming lax in the Achokas, he should uh, get a knast that he has to have an Isayichud. That's just a tzachos, no? <laughs> but um, the Achokas have to be kept strict. The Achokas are meant to be a technical barrier between husband and wife. They're not intended to create Shalom problems. So if somebody takes them to an extreme which is not what Chazal intended, so then that's not Torah, that's not Halacha. So if somebody thinks that because they're in Halacha mode right now, so therefore he's not going to talk to his wife or he's not going to eat supper with her together, so that, that's Meshugas, that's not Torah, that's not Halacha. You have to treat your wife with respect and even when she is a nida, you still treat her with normal decency, proper normal behavior. You talk to her normal. You say good morning and good night and please and thank you. I mean, pashit basic menschlichkeit applies also when she's a nida. I know that it goes without saying, but it's worth repeating just for the odd one out there who might not understand this. There are people like that. And it has to be mentioned that this is not Torah, this is not Halacha. But the Achokis and the Inyonim that the Paskim discussed, that there's Mokim Lahachmir, 
So there are in Yonim that one can be machmir within the framework of the halachas themselves, but not stamp to come up with one's own halachas. So, of course, halachas, there can be a lot of questions. I think that the best way to do this is, I'm just going to cover the halachas, go through all the halachas. If there are questions afterwards, you can ask me some questions, but if you're going to stop by each detail and start analyzing, then we need a series of uh, ten shiurim, not one shir. You cannot touch each other, even indirectly. Even touching through a beged is asur, and the paskim write, you should be careful that your clothes and her clothes shouldn't touch each other. That is, let's say, you sit next to each other, you walk next to each other, be careful, you don't need to walk apart, social distancing, uh, six feet, but be careful. Don't walk too close that you might come to touch each other. There are certain things that, uh, is it okay to walk under an umbrella together? One of those big umbrellas. But it, it's problematic. There is no specific issue in that. However, these are things that you put yourself into a compromised situation. Likewise, reading out of the same safer. Yeah, if you're just showing her something, a line is okay, but you're going to sit down and learn the sikhah from the same uh, safer. You're putting yourself into a compromised situation and it should be avoided. You are allowed to touch her bgodim, her clothes, when they're not on her. You can take a, her dress to the cleaners, a shayla on a kesem, on a pair of underwear, you take it to the rav, it's okay that you touch her bgodim, but bgodim that she's wearing, while she's wearing them, you have to be careful not to touch. Also her blanket, if she is laying on the bed and she's covered by the blanket, the blanket has a din of her beged as well. So if you want to put down something on the bed, you're allowed to put something down on her bed, but you can't touch her, of course, and you can't touch her blanket. So if she pulls her blanket to herself, you put, let's say, the baby or a magazine down on, her, on the mattress, that's fine. But you've got to be careful about this nekuda. Even to, uh, through blowing off some dirt or something, neshifa beruach, you blow something uh, off her sleeve, is also also, you can tell her, she'll take it off herself. You're not allowed to smell her perfume. Um, of course, simplest, if the woman doesn't wear perfume and she's a nido. Uh, some women, they, they need it. It's like part of like getting dressed, part of uh, some basic makeup. If you can be easily masiach das from it, it's not like hitting you in the face. Um, so, you know. It's, don't, don't make an issue out of it, but, but if, you, if it's very overbearing, so you'll have to find a, a nice way, how to ask her to tone it down a bit in the future. You're not allowed to see any mechemes mechusim begufa, that means body parts that are, others shouldn't see, not allowed to see, you're not allowed to see either when she's a nida. The Taz in, on the Shulchan Aruch writes actually that um, the Zehirus, being careful about this, not to see her body parts exposed during Nida, also has to do with 
how your children will turn out. If a person is not careful about that, it could have a bad effect on the children. You know, we, we learn in Tanya how you behave during actual relations has an impact on the children. But the Zihirus in al apparently is also, he brings from the Gemara that, that that has an impact on how the children turn out. So you have to be careful about it. And sometimes it's something that uh, nobody knows. Your wife is asleep, and Mistam, you wake up early in the morning to learn Chsidis or Iro Shochar, and your wife is still sleeping. But good chances. During the sleep, uh, one leg is sticking out from under the blanket, half the tichel uh, slipped off. She doesn't know, she's asleep. You have to have that Yira Shamaim within you. You don't look at her, don't, you know, because you're not allowed. It's partially an Isur for you to look. So her arms from the elbow and up, and uh, her neck from the collarbone and down. These are Mekemis Mechusim Begufa. Her feet barefoot, uh, her heels, her, her feet. You're not allowed to look at her feet. Now, you have to be normal. To say is, you have to understand that it's also for you to look at these body parts of hers. I'm going to get to the hair in a moment. That that's also also a sarbish. We're not allowed to see her hair. But Pasha, um, you got to be practical. Your wife gets up in the morning. And she washes Negelvasa and she goes to the bathroom. She doesn't have to put on her socks. If she wants to, <laughs> that's a beautiful Hidur uh, and that's her calling. But a husband should tell his wife, no, you've got to put on your socks under the blanket before you get out. You don't look at her feet. There's a difference between walking around the apartment or walking around the house for hours uh, without uh, stockings or without socks, which is problematic, as it attracts the eye, and just, you know, getting up in the morning or getting ready for bed at night, so then we can tell the husband, just keep in the dosh dosh, we're not that makbir on such things, just don't look and don't uh, gaze at, at her feet, and that, that, that we can put the onus on the husband to be more careful about that. A woman's hair, you're not allowed to see your wife's hair when she's a nido. Now, even when she's tahira, a woman is really supposed to cover hair at all times. And this is not just a zayhar for mekubalim. This is something that is brought down in Magen Avram and Shulchan Aruch. And therefore, this has become common practice by all from Yidin, not only chsidim. If it would be just a zayhar, then some chsidim would be careful about it. But Magen Avram brings it Everybody is careful about this. This is the common practice. A woman does not walk around the apartment with her hair exposed. Um, even if it's just her husband and she's tahira, even if it's just her herself, she should keep her hair covered at all times. Uh, actually, in Zayar, there are two places where this is discussed in Zayar. And in one place, it talks about all the negative things that happen if a woman is not careful about that. And the Magna Avram quotes that Zayhar. But there's another Zayhar that brings all the brachis, panos, and health for the husband and the children, the whole mishpacha. And the Rebbe quotes that Zayhar with all the brachis. But um, <coughs> it's an important thing. Having said that, there is a difference between the time that she's a nida and the time that she's tahira. 
When she's in need, it's Pashat also for you to look at her hair. So if she changes from a tichel to a shaitl, from a shaitl to a tichel, you can't see her hair even for a moment like that. So either she does it when you're not around, or you turn around, or she goes to the bathroom, whatever it is. But um, when she's tahira, again, if a woman wants to be extra mahadr, that's a great schus. I'm not going to say to be mekadr her, but if she does it when she's tahira in the bedroom and the husband sees her, how she changes from a tichel to a shaitl, from a shaitl to a tichel, it's not as bad. We're not talking about walking around the apartment. It's for a split moment, it's fine. <coughs> if anybody has further questions about this on the practical note, they should discuss it with the personal mashpia. This was just a mime around Musgir because we're talking about hachakis, but I couldn't uh, just skip that because that's an important point that a woman should always keep her hair covered when she, even when she's tohoira. When she's a nida, one has to be extra careful. Another nekude connected to that, we know that the Rebbe made a big hadgosha uh, uh, point that outdoors, uh, a woman goes in the street in public, she should wear a shaitl and not a tichel. I assume that the Elam knows about this. And the simple reason is because uh, tichel, it slides a bit and a bit more, and here become exposed. So, the Rebbe made the point that Tafka Shaitl and not a tichel. That doesn't mean that when the wife is a nida, she has to wear a shaitl in the house too all the time because a tichel slides and somebody's going to make that cheshben. A woman can wear a tichel. I'm teaching the men, not the women. The women should be mindful and careful. The husband, she hears the husband coming to the door, she should readjust her tichel ideally to make sure that it's covered properly. But you don't become like nitpicking on her. And yeah, if it slides off too much, and so you can gently motion to her a little remis to be to readjust the tichel. But it's not something to to drive your wife crazy. About every, I mean, the Tzemach Tzedek writes about some here in front of the ear that is okay for the husband to see, even remain in does. So, yeah, usually, I mean, anybody here, I assume that everybody here is married. Um, so, you know, it slides a bit, some here in the front, in the back. It, it, don't, don't stop becoming, uh, because if you're going to be too machmer on your wife and becoming her mashgiach tmidi 24-7, she's going to start telling you, you know, Zosman Krishma, downing with a minion, benching with a jacket. She'll, she'll find the shimits of things that you are not perfect about. Good. You've got to bring in some milsa here and there. Um, to hear her sing is also a problem during Yemei Nido. So uh, that is uh, a problem. Uh, playing an instrument, some poskim write about playing an instrument. I mean, uh, yeah, playing an instrument is not koil isha, of course. The, the, the etzim problem is not there. But they write that it depends how it's done. If, uh, through not only the woman, also the men. If, if one of the spouses play an instrument, so if they just practice... That, that's fine, they can do that. But if it's done specifically for the enjoyment of the other spouse, maybe the nigan that they like, you know, it's done ex- specifically for the purpose of the hana of the other, 
it's better not to do these kind of things. And that leads me to another nekuda, which is important to remember when we talk about achokis bichlal. There is the halachis, and then there is what is called in English the spirit of the law. There are certain things that are not, you can't find in Shulchan Aruch a specific isur on this or that, but things that are of romantic nature. I mean, there is a halach in Shulchan Aruch about not to behave frivolously and not to speak uh, words, dvarim hamagilim lo erva, words, uh, you know, don't flirt with your wife when she's in need. So there is that idea in Shulchan Aruch also, but it's not only those things, it's bichlal, anything of that romantic nature. If a couple knows that this is going to cause a kirvo yeseira, some extra romantic things, it shouldn't be done. It doesn't surpass in the time of the, the, the whole idea of Harchok is, is that husband and wife, while they remain married and they still love each other, but it, it's a relationship of friendship, uh, very good friendships, <laughs> of course, but, but not the romance. The romance has to be kept for after she goes to Mikveh. So uh, playing an instrument specifically for the enjoyment of the other can be a problematic type of gesture. Alder said the Paschim talk about giving a matona. Uh, can you buy your wife a gift? We're not talking about um, uh, getting some flowers, look over Chabas, or Shvu is coming up. Uh, you know, as a bacher, maybe you didn't buy flowers for your dorm. <laughs> but, uh, but nevertheless, when you're married, you buy flowers. It's for the home, for the ambiance of the home, look over Chabas, look over Diontif. That's not a problem. It's it's okay, but if you're buying Aldersa, if you're on the way home from uh, work, you, you stop by uh, the bakery and uh, you buy her a Danish that she likes. That, that, that's not called buying her a romantic matona. That, that, that's just you know, you do something nice for your wife. You're allowed to do nice things for your wife when she's a nida. You know, uh, uh, you know that your wife gets her period and she. Having a hard time, she's not feeling well, she gets migraines or whatever. You come home, she tells you, you know, keep a chakas, which is, by the way, a woman has to notify her husband when she becomes a nida. She can't delay that. I'll tell him soon, I'll tell him, uh, in the meantime, a michel can happen. So at the first opportunity, she needs to notify you. She doesn't have to send you a text message in the middle of the day, she could. And sometimes it's a good idea because sometimes people, they don't remember. If, Three days later, did it start on Monday or on Tuesday? Tuesday or Wednesday? They can't recall. If they have a text message to go back to, it's a, <laughs> it's a good idea. Less problems when is they have sektar and michshelim uh, like that happen all the time. So it is a good idea. But mitzal halocha, she doesn't have to notify you like that. But when you come into the house at that point, she doesn't need to notify you because otherwise, uh, I don't know, maybe suddenly you'll do something, you'll touch her. So. She has to notify you. Um, so the husband knows his wife has a hard time. She can, it's okay for him to tell her, you know, go lay down, relax, I'll take care of the kids, I'll give them supper. It's okay to do these kind of things. That's not called being romantic. This is called being a mensch. And a person should be a mensch, and certainly to his wife. The Ramban says, it can be komeicha mamish. We know in Chayeglamet Beis, Altarev explains how it can be done for every yid, but it's a, it requires a certain type of avayda. But so you got to be nice to your wife when she's a nida, but buying her some. Uh, uh, expensive gift, a piece of jewelry, or some other type of, uh, you know, 
not an ordinary little thing, something a bit uh, a greater type of gift. So the Paskim talk about it. Now there's no Isur. There's, uh, there's no Isur to give a gift to your wife. But some Paskim do mention it that if it's not going to cause Shalom Bayes problems, it might be better to avoid. So if you forget your wife's birthday, you're going to be in trouble. But if you tell her, didn't forget your birthday, I ordered something, it's coming in a few days, and she's okay with that, then that would be perhaps better. But uh, if she's makhbid, then don't, don't make Shalom Bayes problems. Get her that gift. Of course, you can't hand it to her, but... You can give her the, so that's, these are things that are the spirit of the law. That's why I'm mentioning this. Things that create a kirva yaseira. Use your common sense and don't go there because of the problem that it creates. So you can't, uh, the Lashon is, that so it doesn't mean that uh, you have to become you can be freilich also when your wife is in need. You can be your regular self. There's a certain type of loose behavior. A person just goes on, joking around, one joke, cracking up jokes. And it, all right, halt sich in der Rahmen, in Yiddish it's called. You know, keep yourself a bit contained. There is a certain level that is inappropriate when your wife is a needle. And certainly to talk, to, to outright flirt with your wife and start up with her, that is definitely inappropriate when she's a needle. I teach chasanim. Chasanim, this whole oilam is as a yakeves of hamurim beparshes, of the beruchnis in yonim. But young light who already live, you understand, from a Bachar's perspective, to say good morning to his wife, he thinks about that. Wow, that he already thinks that that's You married for a couple of days, more than that, so you realize that uh, not so fast. So I don't know exactly how to be Magdir, but the way I'm Magdir it is like this. A, a statement that you can, in theory, tell another person, you can tell your wife too. Uh, Le Marshal, um, thank you very much. The food was delicious. Uh, if you eat by somebody else, you can also tell them the same thing. So, so that's not Otherwise, we would have a problem. You can only eat your wife's food, but you can't compliment her on it. I don't think that that's right. So you can also compliment her. That's not a problem. Things like that are not a problem. I'll t I think that even uh, a bit more than that, uh, let's say your wife got a new dress, which, by the way, talking to husbands, to be buy her something, or you don't have to actually go yourself and buy it. You can give her the money or the credit card, whatever, and she should buy herself a dress, something. So she happens to be a needle. She puts on the new dress. Is it okay for the husband to tell her the dress looks nice on you? It's okay because that's. It's not Dvarim HaMagil Erva. If uh, your daughter got a new dress, uh, you can tell her also that it's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful dress, Tragesuntreit. And if your friend got a new uh, hat or suit, you can tell him also. It's by definition, this is not considered Dvarim HaMagil Erva. It's just to make, give the person a good feeling. Gesundheit. Now, obviously, if a person is going to start getting into uh, more... Uh, explicit type of compliments and, uh, and how it looks on her figure and this and that, and uh, okay, th that's inappropriate. Or uh, all kinds of other flirting and romantic type of talk is inappropriate. And people ask me about texting. Uh, 
texting also. You can't start texting romantic stuff to each other. That's inappropriate during neither time. Because besides for the problem of the interaction between husband and wife, in the Al-Chokis there's also a problem what it does to the individual, especially talking to men, that it causes hirhurim and machshavizodis that can lead to other trouble. So, which is, by the way, we know that some of the achakis are stricter on the husband. Marshal, the husband is not allowed to sit on his wife's bed when she is a nida, even if she's not there. You cannot sit on her bed. She can sit on your bed, even in your presence, not if you're on the bed, but if you're in the room talking to her and she sits down on your bed, that's okay. If you're not in the room, she could even lay down on your bed. So we see that it's and also in Shirayim, we're going to soon talk the details, uh, where it's stricter on the husband. And it's not just that the husband is the more dangerous one in the equation. <laughs> it's, uh, there is also another point in the Harchakis. The Harchakis are meant to keep a safe distance between husband and wife. They're also meant to prevent the husband from that can lead to other trouble that just doesn't exist by a woman. So if a husband and wife are texting each other romantic stuff, when she's a nido, it will still cause him, his wife is uh, on the other side of the ocean, could be, but still, it can cause in him all kinds of that can lead to trouble. So in the time of Harkakis, you have to be careful about these things. It's also, Ladabri I suggest to extend it also to texting, not only Ladaber, but at the same time, that doesn't mean, again, you don't have to be extreme. You can be just normal. So, again, obviously there's no clawly mamish about this, but things that you are comfortable with someone else. You send a, an emoji to, to someone else, you can send it to your wife too, that, you know, that type of thing. But certain types of uh, discussions and certain types of... Uh, uh, words that you wouldn't hopefully tell anybody else in the world, so you obviously cannot do that with your wife either when she's a nida. You're not allowed to touch each other, which we already discussed, and even through clothing, and even indirectly. That means passing something to each other. Not only passing, even throwing things to each other is also as well. Handling something together, it's not only the passing, it's handling something. You, you, uh, to carry uh, a table from one side of the room to the other side together. Or spreading out a tablecloth on the table together. This is all falling under this isur. One is holding a bag and the other one puts something into the bag, takes something out of the bag. Pushing a carriage and the carriage rolls to the other, the other one stops it. All these kind of things where either both or one feels like the energy, the hazrika of the other, this is all part of this general isr. There is no isr for both of you to touch the same object. So both of you are sitting at the table, and both of you are touching the table while you're, you know, you're sitting at the table for supper. There's no problem with that. But handling something together is asr. An example for the, this difference is, um, this is brought down in the Achreinim, in the Malaktim, you have a, a child, a toddler, husband and wife are walking with the child. Each parent is holding one hand of the child. Is that okay? So it depends. If the child is walking properly, it's okay, as long as the parents don't pick up the child together and swing him and things like that. But just walking together like that is fine. 
it's fine until the child starts making a tantrum that uh, he wants the parents to pick him up and swing him. Okay, but mitzad, the walking together, is not a problem. But if the child is learning how to walk, and every other step, he like slips and this, and the, the two parents keep on p- picking him up together, so then the two of you are handling him, then it's a problem. So touching the same thing is not a problem. Handling something together is a problem. This is something that is brought down in the Achreinim, that uh, even if it's in a way that the definition of the Isra doesn't mamish apply, for example, if you throw an object into the air, and then it falls down, and the other one puts out the hand, and it lands on the other's hand. This is not mamish part of the Isra, because it's gravity pulling it down already. At that point, it's not anymore the energy of the, the one who threw it up, or the same idea would also be you hold, a, let's say, something, and you let go of it. You're not throwing it, you just let go of it. So it, it drops, but that's not your kayach. It says, Hamachmer bazetovel of bracha, it's better to be machmer in it. Just put it down, and the other one takes it. And that's it. People are sometimes uh, nervous. What if people realize? And people realize we're about chaka. So, number one, People go about their business, and people have other things to do besides for keeping tabs of what you are doing and what's going on in your life. Uh, sometimes people are just very self-conscious, and they think everybody's watching them. People have other things to do. But even if somebody realizes, it's not the end of the world. So they realize that you're also keeping halacha. It's not, it's, uh, one thing is for sure. It's not a reason to be matir. The, the idea that in the public... When the other people around, maybe uh, you, you don't need to keep the achake so carefully or something like that, has absolutely no basis in halacha. This is not something that there is a machloikis haposkim about it. Everybody agrees that you need to keep the achakis in public just like when you're alone, in private. Um, uh, this is a, a modern idea that some people with a whole lumbers decided that there could be maybe a reason why in public you don't need that has no basis in halacha whatsoever. You need to keep the hachakas properly even when you're in public. Now obviously, you know your wife is a nida, don't put yourself into awkward positions and then later, like, oh, the was so awkward, everybody realized uh, you go shopping in the mall with your baby, put the baby in the carriage, don't just hold the baby because at some point you're going to have to t- pass the baby to your wife and you're going to be in an awkward position. In an awkward position, you still have to do what you have to do. Put the baby down on some chair, on some table, on the floor, whatever it is. <laughs> you, know, you can't be makele because it's awkward. But lechat Use your seichel and don't put yourself into an awkward position. Um, to touch something that the other one is touching as we discussed, is okay. So both of you are touching the table. But if one parent is holding the child, for the other parent to play with the child or feed the child and things like that should not be done. It can lead to negia very easily, and it's a problem. You're not allowed to eat out of the same keili. Um, even if there are more people sitting at the table, a big uh, bowl of popcorn in the center and everybody's just eating from that bowl, you and your wife cannot eat like that. 
Even if you're careful not to stick your hands into the bowl at the same time, it is still asur. What is okay, if you take a handful of popcorn and put it onto a napkin or onto a plate and eat from there. It's not good enough to just take a handful and then eat out of your hand. That's still considered direct. But if you put it down on a, some other keili, it doesn't have to be mamash a plate, it can be a napkin too. But then it's, th that is fine. The same issue applies also to spreads. Uh, you have some type of tuna salad, egg salad, you take a, a cracker and you give a little schmear and you stick it into your mouth, that's usur as well. That's also direct from the keli to your mouth. That's the definition of the isur. If you put it down, take some, schmear it on, or put it into your plate and then do your own thing in your plate, that, if your mom is schmeared, these halachas are, uh, in a way, also just teaching you some... <laughs> yeah. if, you very, if you miss that eating out of the same keli, so go to some fabrengen and, 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 and do with your chaverim whatever you need to do. But with your wife, you can't do that when she's a nido. Uh, a very classical example for that is sushi. So after you figure out what bracha you make on the sushi, um, so eating out of the same sushi platter would be a problem as well. Now, many people realize that, so they take a few pieces of sushi, they put it into the plate. But then what they do, they take the same piece of, from their plate and they dip it in the same dip and they keep on dipping in the same dip. That's also also, okay? So you have to take some of the dip to your plate too. Or take two dips or whatever, but you, you can't dip in the same dip. It's the same isra of achilo mikairo achas. Talking about achilo mikairo achas, so at least one of you is not allowed to eat from the same bowl. So in concept, if one of you is taking it out of the bowl and the other one is eating from the bowl, it would be okay, but it's better if both, uh, especially we're talking now about Shiraim, I'm gonna start now about Shiraim. It's also by Shiraim, if you transfer to a different keli, it's not a problem. But still, when it's not shiraim, the other one is not finished. They're still eating, and you keep on taking from their plate. This is really a shtickle problem. It's not really so appropriate. So it's better, ideally, that both of you are going to take out from the central bowl and put it onto another keli before you eat. But it, it, it would be okay, technically, if only one of you would do that. Especially if the husband is eating together, let's say, especially when there are other people around, from the central bowl, and the wife takes out some and puts it onto a plate, would be okay. But let's talk about shiraim take. Shiraim is an issue that applies only to the husband. The husband is not allowed to eat and drink his wife's leftovers. Um, there are certain ways how he is allowed to do that, and I'm going to explain that now. The wife is allowed to eat and drink her husband's leftovers. The whole Isra of Shiraim doesn't apply to the wife. But that's only if it's his Shiraim. So if he's in the middle of eating, she can't take a bite out of his plate. Because although she's allowed to eat his Shiraim, but she's not allowed to eat out of the same keli. Achilo Mikaira Achas is still forbidden. So if he's done eating, she can eat his leftovers from his plate, no problem. The husband is allowed to eat and drink his wife's leftovers in the following scenarios. If you pour the drink from her cup into another cup, 
Once you pour it out of her cup, it loses the status of being her shiraim. Even if you pour it back into her cup, it doesn't regain the status of her shiraim. So it would be mutter. But once you pour it out, it's fine. If she drank the entire cup and you just want to use her cup for a refill. So in the Beis Yosef it says that it's better if you can rinse out the cup before you use her cup for a refill. In the Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't write that. The Bar Hetev brings it in the Shulchan Aruch as well. So, of course, it's a chumrah, it's better if you could, but it's important to understand that al Allah, it's not a chiyuv. So if you are at home and you're in the kitchen and you want to use her glass for a drink, so just walk over to the sink and just rinse it out for a moment. It's a chumrah, the Besiyasev writes, But if you're traveling somewhere and you have only one cup in the car and uh, you want to use the cup that she drank from it earlier on, so that's okay. But the lotion is that if she drank the entire cup, it's okay. In other words, we're not makbid on little drops that might have been left in the cup. But if she drank half a cup, for you to just add on some more drink, like that doesn't work. That's not good enough. Because then you're still drinking mamish shiraim of her shiraim. If someone else drank from it after she drank from it, let's say one of your kids, and then you drink from it. That's okay. Because once somebody else drank from it after her, it's now the shiraim of that person and not of your wife anymore. So that's fine as well. And another point that is brought down in the Paschim is if she's not around. She left the room. So then it's also okay. The same applies to, to food. Also, I, I use the terms of drinking and cups. The same is by food. Um, foods uh, is like that. If there are foods that she didn't touch, it's not really considered her shiraim. So if you have, if she has in a plate uh, a piece of chicken and a piece of kugel, and she ate from the chicken, but she didn't like the kugel. She left the kugel. She didn't touch it. So although it was in the plate, it doesn't have the din of her shiraim. So in Indian, you can eat it. Now, you can also transfer it to your plate, l'rafcha de milsa, but the etzim, this is not considered her shiraim. Um, so going back to the point of Achila uh, Mikhairachas. Let's talk about this on a practical note. A husband and wife traveling uh, somewhere together. We're going to talk about traveling soon in its own right. But you, you, tra- you, you, you drive somewhere together and you have a bag of chips and a can of soda in the car. You don't have any cups, you don't have any plates. You, both of you would like to have some of the chips and some of the soda. So the way to do it is very simple. The husband should eat first, have half a bag of chips, half a can of soda, and then the wife can have his leftovers, and that's fine. So you can't go back and forth, you take a sip, she takes a sip, and back and forth, that would be achilo mikairachas, would be osur. For her to eat or drink first, and then him, is a problem of shirayim that you're not allowed to. But if you eat and drink first, then we're not saying this is achilo mikairachas, then we say this is his, and he ate from it, he drank from it, he left over Shiraim, she can have the rest. And that's fine. Yeah. If she ate and drank from it first, and then you want, what, what are you going to do? 
So you pull over on the side of the road, you tell it to take a walk around the block, and snap it from now. No, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> I see the Elam is a little bit, are they getting uh, too depressed hearing all the halchakas? I've got to bring a little milsa de bdichas. All right. Um, Mealtime creates a kirva yeseira between the mesubim, and you need a hacker on the table when the two of you are eating together. Um, if both of you are on the same table, if, if one of you is sitting at the kitchen table and one is sitting at the kitchen counter, you don't need a hacker. You're not in the same place. But, um, but if you're at the same table, you need a hacker put down between the two of you. The hacker needs to be benehem in the general area between them. It doesn't have to be exactly in the middle between the two plates, but it has to be in the general area between them. So if the husband is sitting uh, here and his wife is sitting on, the on his right side, he can't put down the hacker on the left of his uh, plate. That, that's not benehem. But benayim can be either taka between their plates. It could also be a little bit in front of their two plates, like in the middle, in the general area between them. What is considered a hacker? There are a few options that you can choose from what is considered a hacker. One type of hacker is a food item which will not be eaten during that meal. A uh, food item uh, should be something... Uh, a kika lechem is brought down. Uh, a, a loaf of bread. It doesn't have to be dafka loaf of bread. It can be a bagel, a roll... But it has to be a dover nikr, a dover sholem, a dover mamoshi, a rice kernel won't do. That's, that's not the meichel shen eichel basis too. That's not significant enough. It's, it's a vavtechnish in the eigen. You don't see it. Um, you might see it, but it's, it's not as obvious, and that's a problem. It has to be a dover godl, a dover nikr. Um, it can be food which is bichlal not eaten during that meal. You just take something from your pantry closet, I don't know, a can of corn or a, a bag of rice and just put it down on the table. Um, but it can also be something that you are eating that type of food at the meal. Lomoshal, you make hamoitzi, like a mishnah, you have two chalas, and one challah you're going to eat, the other one you're not going to open up. You know for sure, if there is a svara, you're going to finish the first one, we'll probably end up opening up the second, and don't rely on that as hacker to begin with. But if you know that there's no way we're going to end up opening up the second one, or you need the second one for tomorrow's shlech mishnah, whatever it is, and you leave it on the table, some have the minute to leave the second challah on the table for other reasons always, but that's a separate schmooze. But mitzad the concept, you have a full challah that you're not going to eat. So, Hagam, you are eating challah during this meal, but that one you're not eating, it works. It's, it's a proper hacker. It's a good, uh, a good hacker. The other option is not food, but an object. An object has to be govayaktsas, has to be raised off the table. So you can't have a pen or a ring or a key that's flat on the table. And it has to be an object that's a little bit raised. Uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. And during Tara days, that object would not be on the table. Now, if you use that as a hacker, it's okay even if you are using it in the course of the meal. Let's say, for example, you have a becher for Kiddush that you only use when your wife is in need. You have more than one becher. 
and uh, the one that has a, a design, a different design than the other one, you use only when she's a nida. So that's a good hacker, even if you use it in the course of the meal. Or if you have a designated napkin holder or a designated pitcher that be made you're careful, you never use it be made Only be made you use it. So it's a good hacker, even if you use it in the course of the meal. So this is a bit different than the food. I mean, it's, it's also understandable why. By the food, if you're going to eat it, so then how is it a hacker? This is the food you're eating by this meal. It's not a hacker, it's a food that you're eating. By the object, even if you use the object in the course of the meal, but if it's an object that being made tata, you're not using, so then the very metzias of the object screams out, I am the hacker. Even if you use it, it's, it's still, its presence tells you, I am the hacker, so that's fine. It has to be govayak it doesn't say exactly what kind of height, how much does it have to be raised off the table. But because the examples, uh, like in the Paschim, the Kikalechem, Koises, Shtia, Kayetzu, so it's like the height of a loaf of bread, the height of a cup, so not a little shot glass, a mashke glazel, you know, an average cup. There's no mido mesuyemis. You understand yourself. Another option for hacker is if you're eating on separate surfaces, you're not on the same surface. If you have individual placemats, or one eats on the table and one on the tablecloth, or one takes the tablecloth and folds it onto the table and he eats on that second piece of the tablecloth and the other one doesn't, eats just on the tablecloth direct, you're not on the same surface. Or one puts a napkin under their plate and Again, they're not on the same surface. That, that would work as a hacker unless they use, they eat in this manner also when she's tahira. If they do that when she's tahira as well, like individual placemats, um, some people use it at all times. You know? Sometimes they, that's, that's the setting, how they set the table. You know, they want to do a fancy supper, that's how they set it. Everybody gets their own placemats. So people ask a lot of times, that's why I'm addressing this, uh, can we use different placemats, like a different color placemats? So by the object, we said that if it's a different shape, a different color, pitcher, napkin holder, salt shaker, whatever it is, that would work as a hacker. But for this, it doesn't really work. Uh, and the reason is simple, because when we're talking about the object, it's raised off the table. So if it's a different shape or color, it, you see that all the time. But a placemat, you put down the plate and the cutlery and everything goes on it. The fact that it's a different type is not as boilet. Um, sitting at a different location at the table. And normally she sits on the right side, now on the left side, and things like that. While there is uh, a mocker in the scheme that that would work, but other scheme disagree, and in the Piskedinim, it says not to do it. It's not from the Tzemach Tzedek, it's, but it's Achsidish uh, Rav that was uh, good enough of a Rav that his uh, Psakim should be included in the Sefer Piskedinim Tzemach Tzedek. I guess it's good, not everything, but for this definitely we can uh, rely that one should be Machmer not to consider that a good enough hacker. However, um, talking about changing location, if you're changing the location of an object on the table from its normal location 
to Benayim, that would be a good hekel. So Lamashal, if let's say you always have a vase with flowers on the center of the table, and now you take it from the center and you pull it to Benayim, to be between the two of you, that would work as a hacker. There's also another type of hacker that if you have a, a vase and it's always Benayim, but it's a different vase. You have a different one that you only use when she's a needle. So then we're back to the object. That, that would be an, uh, a good hacker too. And it could be there the entire two weeks. Like say the whole time that your wife is a needle, you sit on the opposite side of the table. And in the center there's a vase. It, it sits there the entire Yemeni dosa. You don't put it down by every meal. It's still okay if it's a unique vase that you don't use. You have to remember, your wife goes to mikveh, it's time to change the vase. But um, that would work. That, that is a good hacker. It's not a hacker to remove an object from the table. Meaning, you always have a vase on the table, but when she's a needle, you take the, the vase off the table. That's not good. The, the header, the lack of an object, is not considered a hacker. Serving each other, pouring drinks for each other, um, uh, putting food into each other's plates. So it's like this. You're not allowed to pour a drink for the other. The husband is not allowed to do this for his wife. The wife is not allowed to do this for the husband. When the cup is in front of the other. And same thing is with food. To put food into the other's plate while the plate is in front of the other, you're not allowed to do that. Preparing a plate with food on the side somewhere, in the kitchen, by the counter, um, that's okay. But then, and same thing with a drink, but then serving it, you would have a problem again. So serving it, you can do for each other, but you need to put it down with a shinui in a different manner than normal. So if you're a righty, you put it down with the left hand. If you're a lefty, you put it down with the right hand. Or you put it down in front of the other, but not direct in front of the other. A little bit off, so the other one has to like pull it slightly to themselves. That's a shinui, and that is okay. The need to place something down with a shinui, and this is for both, the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband, but this requirement for placing down with a shinui applies only to a personal plate or cup, something like that. A platter, you know, just a serving platter, you can put down in front of each other without a shinui because you're not eating from the platter. You're going to take from the platter and put it into your place first. So because it requires another step, that's why it is okay. There is an additional isur which doesn't apply to the wife, it's only on the husband. That's called shigur hakais. Shigur hakais means to instruct someone else, can you pass this cup to my wife? This is asur. Um, you're not allowed to do this both verbally or by indication. You, you can't be meramis to someone, you know, pass this to my wife. That's the same isur. But this is limited, A, to a drink, B, to a drink that is choshuv, not water, water you're allowed to, but any other drink, not only wine or fancy, any other drink but water, you're not allowed to. And in a cup, a bottle of a drink, you're allowed to ask someone, can you pass the bottle to my wife? That, that's fine. 
Food, you're also allowed to ask someone, can you pass this to my wife? Even individual food, not just a platter. You have a slice of challah or something. You can ask someone, can you pass this to my wife? But a cup with a drink, except for water, that is the isra of shigura case. The wife is allowed to ask someone, can you pass this cup to my husband? But the wife is not allowed to instruct, the husband is not allowed to instruct someone. And this achok is actually stricter than the, the ones before. That if you forgot and you did tell someone, can you pass this cup to my wife, she's not allowed to drink it. If by mistake somebody served the husband, the wife, or the wife, the husband, uh, a plate and they put it down in front of the other without a shinui, next time you'll be more careful and uh, not do that, but you could eat the food. It, it's not like asr. But shigur hakais actually asers it for the wife. It doesn't help. Uh, go out of the room, it doesn't help. She's not allowed to drink it. It's a, it's a stricter halchake in that sense. It's a special derech, bekach, whatever. Um, part of this is also to instruct someone to pour a drink for your wife. You shouldn't do that either. So if you go to a restaurant, um, you can order the food for your wife, but the drink is probably better if she orders herself. I mean, it depends what kind of restaurant. Our restaurants, uh, they're going to just bring a, a bottle and a glass and plop it down in front of you. And talking a nicer restaurant, when you order a drink for your wife, that means you are telling the waiter to bring it and pour it, and he's going to pour it for your wife. So that, that is part of this problem as well. Um, if you're not meyached a kois, you just, uh, many people have this now, that uh, you make kiddush, and then you pour into a few small cups on a tray, and then you just pass down the tray. Now, yes, they're going to take the tray to your wife first, but you didn't send her a specific cup. She's going to pick one of the cups and take it for herself. So that is okay, that you can be made on. Um, the wife is allowed to ask someone, can you get me my husband's becher, let's say, by Kiddush. She can also stand by Kiddush near you, and you just put the becher back down, and she takes it herself, and that's fine as well. Uh, you can even put it down if it's not mamish before nail, like we said before, Bishino, you put it down a bit off, or with your left hand for her, that's also fine. That's an interesting point. You, you yourself can put it down with a shinu for your wife, but you can't tell someone else, pass it to my wife, because there's a derechibo bekach, and that's the definition of this isur. You can't sleep in the same bed. Of course, we have covered a whole bunch of things. Uh, that obviously is uh, one of the strictest achakas. You can't sleep in the same bed, even if it's a huge bed and you're fully dressed, you don't touch each other. More than that, even separate beds, but the beds touch each other, is forbidden as well. There has to be a gap between the beds. How far does this gap have to be? So it doesn't say clearly in, in but the Paskim write that you should have at least one amma between the beds. Another Paskim also earlier that you should make sure at least an amma between the beds. What is the gap filled with? In Shulchan Aruch, it doesn't say. So you can have just an empty gap, that's fine. But Minagisrol. This is, uh, the Rebbe also mentions this in the Maina, that it's mefursum minag bnei Yisrael that the two beds have to be separated by a night table or the like. A night table, a chair, or something like that. So in your home, 
usually people set it up that way, that they have a night table between the beds. If you go someplace, you're a guest in someone's house, they give you up as a small room somewhere in the basement, you got to make sure that there's the space, but if there's no night table, eh, pull over something, a chair, put down your suitcase in between the beds, do something like that. It's not me'akiv, it's not halacha, but minig bnei Yisrael yireshamayim, the Rebbe writes, to, to have two separate beds, separated by night table or the like. Regardless what exactly this minor was about, but the point is definitely there that we have a night table between the beds. Um, I already mentioned before, you can't sit on her bed. You are allowed to touch her bed, make her bed in certain ways. We're going to discuss soon Hatsua Samito. If she is in the bed, you have to be mindful, like we discussed before. She's allowed to sit on your bed. If there is a bed that is used by both, like a couch or a day bed, and sometimes uh, he falls asleep on it, sometimes she falls asleep on it, uh, that's not the issue. It's not considered her bed, basically. That's why it's not a problem. But something that is her bed, you're not allowed to sit on her bed. You can't sit together on a safsamis nadnade, a bench that rocks, moves, that you feel each other's movements. Um, it doesn't have to be a swing necessarily. Any bench, uh, uh, probably not going to end up sitting on a 770 bench with your wife, but that would be a classical example of a safsamis nadnade. By the oil, when you go to the oil in the first tent, those benches are not safsam, it's not made. They're very sturdy, strong benches. So you have to know um, a couch, uh, if it's a proper couch, a sturdy couch, a big couch, you sit on one end, she sits at the other end. Usually it's not a safsam, it's not made. Try it out when she's tohira. Although you might feel when one is sitting and then the other one sits down at the other end, so you might feel like it gives a little shift uh, that doesn't yet make it into a safsam misnadne, that Sarah Farkas writes in the Sefer, it brings up a raya from the Gemara about this. So that is not what defines it. It's considered a safsam misnadne if throughout the time that you're sitting on that bench, every time one of you moves, the other one feels that movement, that would be a safsam misnadne. Um, in a car... Today's cars, usually it's not a problem. In, in the front, it's two separate seats. In the back, it's one seat, but it's very sturdy, strong seats. It's not like in the old cars. If you remember the old yellow cabs, uh, it was like <laughs> very, very jumpy type of uh, uh, seat. So that would be a problem. But today's cars usually don't have the problem. You sit at opposite ends. It's not an issue. And again, it's the same idea. You sit in the car, and then she gets in, or she sits in the car, and you get in. You feel a little movement from just getting into the car, but that's okay. We're not mocked on that. And later on, you don't feel each other's movement unless you start dancing and jumping around there. It's not going to be an issue. Um, there are poskim who say that if there is another person sitting between you and your wife, it would be okay even on a safsal misnadnade. I wouldn't uh, normally rely on that. Uh, other poskim strongly disagree with that. Beshaz trak godl, if there is something, uh, maybe there's something to consider, but it's not like you have to sit on the same bench. Just sit on another chair. 
you know, especially if it's a man memushach and things like that, you go to someone's sukkah and they put you and your wife on some bench in the sukkah, you're not going to be able to sit through a sudas yontif on the same bench. It's, it's, you move, the whole bench moves, you know, you stand up, you sit down, you move around. Sometimes you have to and quietly walk over to the host and like, is it okay, maybe if we can have a different seating arrangement. It's not the end of the world. The, they, I mean, they also live it. They also know it. It's, and if you are the host, be mindful of it. You're hosting guests. You have couples. Use your seichel. You don't want to put them into an uncomfortable situation. Okay. Talking about... Uh, a car and a bench. So going for a drive, for a ride together, there's an isur tiul. So the definition isur tiul is only in a vehicle. If it's a boat or a wagon, a car. Now, the classical example for the isur tiul would be, I've never done it, but heard about it, Central Park, you can rent a horse and buggy and take a stroll around the park. Uh, that would be a classical example. The purpose is the ride. That is the definition of the Isser. Or going for a uh, boat ride together. Just to enjoy a ride. That would be Asur. It is mutter to go for a ride where the purpose is not the ride. It's, you want to get to a certain place. You want to go to a store. So you get into the car together. You drive to the store. Uh, you, even if it's a longer drive. You, know, you heard there's some outlet mall in uh, Connecticut. And you drive there. Then you want to buy some clothing. It's okay. Because the purpose is not the ride. Um, if the purpose is not the ride. But part of the ride. Then it's also. So the marshal to drive through a safari, the purpose is to see the animals, etc. but it's still Osir, because the purpose is being fulfilled, agavnesia, as part of the ride, it's Osir. Or you have uh, different cities have like these sightseeing buses for tourists, it you know, goes around the town, showing you the different landmarks, it's Osir. It's, although the purpose is to see the landmarks, but it is part of the, the ride, and it's Osir. Now the fact that there are another 50 tourists on that bus doesn't mean that therefore it's mutter. It's still you and your wife are enjoying this ride together and it's still asur. One can consider a, a tzad heter in a scenario where it's take boiled that you're not enjoying this ride with your wife. Lomoshel, I usually tell this to the chassanim because it's more common for younger light. But it could also happen later on in life. Uh, you go to the parents or to the in-laws for yontif. One day, the, the whole mishpach, everybody's going on a boat ride somewhere. So it's not you and your wife going. So obviously, if you get onto that boat and the whole family is sitting on that side of the... And you and your wife are huddling together on the other side of the boat, enjoying your own privacy, that, then that's certainly also. But if it's take, you know, you spend time with, with uh, your brothers or brother-in-laws and whatever, and then she is hanging out with the girls, you're not mamish together. If you are picking a Chalamoit trip for your own kids... Maybe do something else. There are some other ideas out there. You don't have to do that as a trip. 
But if you're together with the mishpacha and yes, Malcolm Lahakal, some Paskin will say that in that scenario where it's talking, it's not you and your wife, it's talking with other people and clearly defined as such. Yes, Malcolm Lahakal beis atzerich. Of course, even if it's if namuter, you need to make sure that it's not a safsal misnadneid. I don't know what kind of trips. I come from Switzerland. Uh, if you go on a chairlift, <laughs> you and your wife can't go on a chairlift together. That's a classical Sasson Misnadnit. Yes? Both of you going fishing together? In the boat? So that would be a problem. As I said, that the, um, it, even if the purpose is something else, but it's being fulfilled as part of the ride, is a problem, like, like driving through a safari. But you can pull over somewhere and then fish from the side of the river or lake or whatever it is. <clears throat> don't want to make jokes because we're talking Allah, you got to be careful. It depends if you catch any fish or not. But <laughs> um, that was just a joke. Going for a walk together, for a stroll, just taking a walk, that is mutter, the Isur the, Tiul the is in a vehicle. However, the Paskim do discuss about taking a walk in a romantic setting would be problematic. So uh, here in Crown Heights, I would say uh, Prospect Park is not a, pr- a problem because there are people driving by in scooters and uh, motorcycles and walking their dogs and whatever else happens then. And uh, maybe Botanical Garden might be a little bit more of a romantic setting. You go there, you see a lot of couples strolling together. So that might be, so it's not clear cut. These are the kind of things. Yes, the Paskim talk about, they talk about Ganesu, Pardesim, excluded areas, going some special, beautiful, romantic setting. So these are things that even though they might not fall squarely into the definition of the Isur, but again, it's a past niche in the time of Nida to do romantic things like that together. There is the Isur of Hatsuas Hamito, making the bed for each other, um, changing the, 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 the mattress cover, the, the pillowcases, the blanket covers, that you can do for each other's beds. Um, but the Isur is to make the bed nice looking, inviting looking, opening up half a blanket, fluffing up the pillow, straightening it out. That is the Isur of Hatsas Hamito. Now, even that is Asur only in the presence of the other. So when the other one is not present, you're allowed to do this for each other's beds as well. Rafarkish in the Sefer explains also that the definition of the Isur is in preparation for going to sleep. Likras Hasheno. So in the evening, that would be a problem. But making the bed neat in the morning, that's just to organize the room, is not really falling under that isur. Uh, one thing is for sure, you're allowed to make your own bed anytime. Uh, one of my chassanim that I taught once told me, uh, but hamachmer tovel of bracha maybe, but... <laughs> Good. <laughs> Probably those few that learned by me heard these jokes from me already. Okay. Um, Huh? Schlafen. <laughs> um, uh, pouring water for each other, 
you know, the litzik maim for the other one to wash. Baruch Hashem, we have running water still. So you know, we don't usually have this issue of one standing and pouring water and the other one washes their hands or their feet or their face. But there's also the issue of, of placing a bucket with water down in front of the other to soak their feet or something like that. That, that would be also as well. And, or to start a bath, filling up a bath in the presence of the other would be a problem. It's not a problem if the other one is not there. You prepare it in advance and, and then it sits there. So even though the other one knows that you prepared it for her or she knows, uh, you know that she prepared it for you, it's still fine. But in the presence of the other to bring the water or to prepare the water in front of the other for washing purposes is forbidden. Negelvasa is not a problem. Negelvasa is an Attila shal mitzvah, not a rechitza shal tainug. Also, especially if you have a, a bucket with two quarts in it, and it's not like which one is his and hers. Now, if it's more unique for her, but even then, it's, it's not mamish part of this isur. There are other halachas that I don't think is uh, needed to cover over here, that's if the, either the husband or the wife are chas v'shalom ill or elenu, it shouldn't be negea to anyone, lemaise, and basically if one poshet needs physical assistance, getting in and out of bed, getting dressed and stuff like that, Eivisha should help, this should not be negea lemaise ever. If somebody has an issue like that, best is consult the Rav, what is okay, what isn't okay, and so on, because the details uh, of the situation do can make a difference with these things. The Ebersheh should help that we should uh, soon be cut of Mamish, not have any more harchokis, that like right now in Golos we are lenido hoyoso, we are harchokis from the Ebersheh, the Arizal says that when the Gea Safsal Misnadnit that was discussed before, that husband and wife, Akadish Boch and Knesset Israel, can't sit on the same safsal. We can't be together in the time of Golus. But if you have a safsal kavua, then it's okay. That's why it's important by davening to have a mokim kavua, says Darizal. So then the Eibishter, during davening, you can be beisachdus with the Eibishter. So it should be not only during davening, but we should be smuchim al shulchan avinu, bekarev mamesh, begula mitzvah Yeshekayach Rabbi Schmerling. I think uh, for more than one reason we're lucky to learn hachakas from an Erepeisher. I think in America we got very used to being very casual. And hachakas take us back a little bit. Have different plates and uh, how to greet each other and how not to greet each other. Um, and another very important Nakuda that we learn from hachakas is that Bizman. So there is supposed to be a gilu cheba, and there's supposed to be a connection and expressed by every time you sit down. That's also in in Europe as given Andesh. They sit down, they hear who's who's going to be. Shaitan Shirushalayim didn't sit down by a soda until they knew who's going to be there. And the uh, and that's already part of the next year. So this is a segue into um, remembering Bezos Hashem next week. There's going to be a shear on this man on Ashkafa and Shalom Bayis. Be there next Thursday, and eh, next Wednesday, 8 o'clock, by yours truly. Thank you, Rabbi. Grace and Shekhoi. Good night.